In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 38th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. And be sure to download the app, or you can just tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed last week's show, I spoke with Lisa Winnicka, who is a connector, speaker, author, and a truth seeker. She's also the host of The Good News Guide, which is both a podcast and a YouTube channel. We talked about leading from within, leading yourself, leading your team, leading your vision to create the life you have come here to live. Be sure to check out that episode from May 14th. Today, my guest is Alan Carroll. Welcome, Alan. Thank you very much, Amy. So, listeners, I should mention that even though Alan and I share the same last name, spelled exactly the same, two R's, two L's, we, to our knowledge, are not related. Is that true that, Alan, you haven't found out anything else? No, I don't think we are related, Amy. But I love the last name. (laughs) Hey, did you, do you remember we... We met, I was looking at my notes the other day, um, 2006 is when you and I met for the first time. Wow. Yeah. I remember it was a long time ago. And can you remember what country? Because I can't. We were in a country? We met, it wasn't in the United States, it was a foreign country? I'm pretty sure it was England. I think you came over here to, to Europe to run a program and we were, myself and another colleague, we were going to observe it. And then in the end, you said, come on, I'm going to put you two in the class. So we became the students. Wow. And you ran, it was brilliant. You ran the program for three days. And so, I mean, think about this. I was coming to observe, observe your course in order to facilitate it. Right. And I then got to be, uh, so I obviously my presentation skills were already solid, though, by taking that three day class with you, my skills went from really good to amazing. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. That's the kind of news we like to hear. And it was a brilliant way. I took that on ever since I started training people to lead to facilitate my courses. I first have them sit in on it as a participant now, I think probably because of that experience with you. So thank you Excellent. for that. Thank you. So uh, let me uh, take a minute to give the listeners some background on you so they knew who you are and get a sense of what we're going to be talking about. Super. Alan is an educational psychologist. He got his degree from San Jose State University. In, and then in the early 70s, he discovered a passion for coaching speakers in mindfulness and confidence. Now, since then, Alan's team of coaches have traveled over 50 countries, trained thousands of students in major corporations such as Cisco, HP, SAP, and more. 
And what they focus on is transforming participants' ability to speak and listen at a professional, mindful level. Alan's work offers participants a conceptual understanding of mindfulness, which begins the process of awakening into this new state of awareness through the coaching and the practice. And then this state of awareness allows the students to experience mindfulness, stay more balanced, relaxed, centered while speaking in front of an audience. That all sounds very delightful. And it's true. Yeah, on top of it. That's a bonus. On top of it, it is actually true. (laughs) So we're going to get into that shortly. Though, uh, listeners, you should also know that Alan is the author of The Broadband Connection, which is the art of delivering a winning IT presentation. I like that, The Broadband Connection. That's, That's a clever title. Thank you. So... Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the practice of mindfulness speaking to better understand how it can reduce the physical, the emotional, the mental tension, and then also increase this awareness. Before we do that, though, Alan, I want to open it up for a moment to give you an opportunity to share other things about your background that you think would be useful for the listeners to know. If I had to coach speakers which I'm doing right now, I would say, number one, how thick is the ice you're standing on when you're talking to the audience? How much is your knowledge or expertise of the subject matter uh, uh, that you are speaking to the audience? Because if I'm going to throw a thought out to the audience, I actually, if I'm standing on ice, I'm pushing off of the ice, and the ice is thin, I fall through. But if the ice is thick, then I feel confident, I feel sure of myself, I can take my time. I can pause. I feel strong in front of the audience. So I look at you know, how, how thick is the ice un, under your feet. Um, and secondly, which we'll get into it, uh, would be to pay attention to when, when one speaks, one makes a sound. I'm vibrating the air with my voice right now. I'm blowing air out of my instrument and I'm vibrating the air. Well, then when I'm not speaking, there's no vibration. It's, it's, it's still. So when you're speaking, you have a sound you're going to make, and then you have a silence you're going to make. And if you can combine the two, the yin and the yang, uh, together, you become balanced mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You become balanced. And so the issue is people, when they speak, are out of balance. They're spending uh-huh. too much time focusing on the, the yang energy, the pushing energy, the me talking now versus the silence or the gaps between the sounds. And when I went to London many times, you take the underground. And when the underground reaches the station, you always hear the sound, mind the gap, <laughs> mind the gap. When the door opens up, you look down and there's a gap between you and the platform. In speaking, in metaphysical speaking, in spacious speaking, in mindfulness speaking, you mine the gap between the sounds. And most people that I've met in the last 40 years of traveling around the world don't even think about that little gap between the sounds. That's not important. What's important is the sound I'm going to make because that's me making the sound. And so when you start to mind the gap, a whole nother dimension of consciousness opens up in front of you that you never knew was there. It's like a portal opens up to to the ocean of stillness. And that's pretty cool. 
That's pretty yeah. cool. And that ties into my background, which is transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal psychology is focusing on how do you get someone who's identified with the ego to be able to identify with the being. So how do you build a bridge from the ego identity, which is the me and the my, mm-hmm. to the we and the us, which is the being? And so p- mindful speaking is a technique that allows the participants to build the bridge from an ego suffering state of experience to the wonderful, joyful, blissful unity of the all of the being. And mm-hmm. it's all done with just minding the gap. No. Incredible. That's, that, that's the result of 40 years of watching people speak. That's the bottom line. Just have a mind the gap and yeah. everything just yeah. falls into place. I like how you described it where essentially what I heard, Alan, was you, and this might not be what you wanted to say or for me to interpret, though what I heard was do the pause as opposed to, I think a lot of people are just like, they don't know how to or realize that they can control the pause and that they can elongate it and that it can make it work for them. I think most people are, as you've said, are running around trying to avoid it as much as possible. They don't even know it exists. Yeah. It's not even avoiding something. They don't okay. even know it, it. It is not. They don't even think about pausing. Mm-hmm. Not even a thought. They're thinking about what they want to say. Yes. They're not thinking about how to say it unless you're trained. When you're trained, you've been thinking a little bit about the the entertainment quality of what you're saying versus monotone delivery about what we're going to be talking about today is pretty important about it. Da, 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 da. That will put people to sleep. Right. So you want to be able to make it entertaining. And entertaining is uh, to to have time to think about how you want to do it. But if there's no time between the thoughts that you speak, there's no space between the thoughts that you speak. You have no time to think about how I want to formulate, how I want to connect, what props I want to use, what voice intonation I want to use, what videos I want to use in order to maximize the effectiveness of my, of my creation of my words. You need time to do that, but most people... No time. And without time, you're handicapped. Mm-hmm. So, so 99% of the speakers are handicapped and they don't even know it because everybody yeah. is handicapped. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No one pauses except professional speakers. When you watch professional speakers, when you watch the, the leaders, the business leaders, you watch mm-hmm. the political leaders, you watch them. You may not agree with what they say. Right. That's wow. my point. They know how to say it. Which so, Alan, mesmerizes people. They, it grabs their attention. Yeah. And, and go on. Thanks. Uh, a lot of people ask me this. I'm sure they ask you. I'd like to hear who do you recommend when they say, Alan, who do you think is a great speaker to model or pay attention to to notice their skill set? Who do you usually refer to? Not the content. Right, right. The problem is the ego gets focused on the content of the freight car, not the freight cars. There's a a hundred freight cars in front of you. All look the same. You need to manage the coupling, the uncoupling, the disappearing, the dissolving freight cars. So for the listeners, we're going to, this is a, what do you call that when you're putting in an, an, um, not a caveat, we're doing a. Allergy? No, we're, we're. we're, Metaphor? 
No, keep going. You're doing great. Um, okay. uh, two words. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what is the word when we're wanting to put a disclaimer? We're going to go with that. Okay. This, disclaimer. The disclaimer is the examples you're going to give for the listeners. Don't focus on content. Focus on the packaging, the delivery. Right. And the ego, which people are stuck in, will, will hear the content and they'll react to the content that the person said rather than the skill of the delivery. Okay. So who are these people? And, and, and uh, so I would say right away you have Bill Clinton, uh, okay. Bill Clinton, uh, Ronald Reagan, the mm-hmm. great communicator, mm. uh, Barack Obama, mm. uh, the great communicator, Tony Blair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great communicator, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, who I was thinking of him, yeah. Uh, you have Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. How about some women? Do you have and some they women? All you... have the, the women. Uh, well, Maggie Blair, the, the, her, the mm-hmm. husband. She was the lawyer. You have the, the prime minister of England, uh, Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a powerful speaker. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I don't know the name, and I'm very sad when I, when I think about the, the woman because she was. A magnificent, uh, elegant, uh, and she was the. I, I want to. You, you'll know her because you know it, she was the prime minister of Pakistan and was assassinated. Yes, but but bu, bu, um, her husband was the prime minister. Father, and she was deeply connected to politics in Pakistan, and she knew how to speak. She, okay. she knew how to control the audience. She knew how to be grounded. She knew how to be centered, and 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 the current events is you you got to employ Donald Trump. Uh, You may not agree what he has to say, but boy, he is able to get 70 million people to vote for him. He knows how to speak. Uh Benazar Bhutto. There we Uh, go. Thank you. Benazar Bhutto. Thank you. And then then you have the, uh, and and he knows how to speak. And, And when he speaks, all these people have something in common. The women, the men, they all have something in common. And, and that one skill separates the amateur speaker from the professional speaker, the, the mindful, spacious speaker. And that's the ability to control the timing of your speaking while you are speaking. That means mind the gap. And so what happens is you stop speaking in long sentences and then you embrace the silence, the pause. And when you embrace the pause, you take your attention from the blood going to the keeping the thought alive. I'm keeping the thought alive with the blood to my body, to my feet, mm-hmm. to my breathing. And that empty space between this sound and this sound, that little half second, one second space, I immediately direct my attention, the blood flow, my consciousness to my physical body. And that means you become embodied. And embodied is, people are not in body gaming. They are Mm -hmm. following the trains of thoughts inside their head all day long. They don't even know it's possible. Mm -hmm. But through meditation, grounding and mindfulness of the gap, you can direct your attention Okay, I want to. I want to pause. Want to take a breath, relax my body. Boom! You're you're you are grounded and mindful and present in front of the audience. So you've done a, a lovely job of describing how you would define someone who's a mindful, spacious speaker, and you've already perhaps started talking about some of the benefits. What other? What are some of the other benefits 
of practicing being mindful and being a spacious speaker. Uh, you know, yeah. one of the obvious ones is like what you say is, you know, your skill set of, of speaking increases. You're going to increase your audience listening buy-in for your message. What else? My, uh, uh, let me share a little bit before that one, Yeah, which was Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart mm. Tolle would be the guy that is the most popular one that I know, uh, commercially successful, wrote several books, one of The Power of the Now. Uh, the Power of the Now would be the book I'd recommend the audience to read, just the first chapter. So all you got to do is read the first chapter because that oh, pretty wow. much covers everything. And uh, Eckhart Tolle uh, would talk about the, the uh, being present um, in, in, in the moment of now and, and being able to connect to the transcendental reality. It's like, what's transcendental reality? Yeah. Well, what happens is when you, when you focus on the sound that you want to speak, that, 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 that's personality, that's the ego speaking. And when you focus on the empty space, that's more of a being and more of a relaxation. So when you begin to pause, you immediately will notice, uh, immediately. I mean, we could do it right now. Uh, immediately, you will notice that when you pause, you give yourself the command to relax. Mm-hmm. You don't give yourself the command, fit, mental command, relax my physical body. Uh, you won't relax your body. But in the pause, you immediately practice. It's not natural. You have to practice, but tell yourself to relax and take a breath. And immediately the instrument that's accessing the thought and speaking the thought like a musical instrument is now relaxed rather than tense. Because every time mm-hmm. you speak, it tenses the physical body. And every time you pause, you'll notice that your physical body is relaxed. I remember working with a guy who was in one of the courses I had done for you in England. And I remember his name was Kevin because that's his name, my brother's name. And he said, he sent me an email. He said, you know, Amy, I don't think I should tell anyone this, though. I think I think I actually like presenting now. And possibly because of this feeling that he could finally relax a little bit. Because that is something that so many presenters, they, it's, it's nauseating the, the tension, the stress, the, the anxiety that so many people feel before they have to present that they don't even believe it's possible that they can get to the other extreme of actually looking forward to it and enjoying it. You bet. And that goes back to the, the, the level of, of, of control and relaxation I have of the instrument and the level of knowledge I have of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. If I don't have, if, if you have, if you have knowledge of the subject matter, yeah. then, then that's the hard part. The, pausing is not hard. 20 years of knowledge to put into the database to then, to then sing it to, to the audience, that took 20 years. doesn't take 20 years to pause doesn't take 20 years to get here right now, right? It it takes no time to get here. It takes a long time to to develop something. But what what I'm talking about, the transcendental consciousness versus the ego consciousness is here right now. It's right now, it's here. But you don't experience it because you're too busy focusing on the content, the things in life rather than the empty spaces. So you can practice uh, in front of a mirror. You can practice. You mentioned the Zoom the other day, which is cool. 
Oh, yeah. So let me uh, catch the listeners up on that. So and that leads to my next question. You know, what is a what is an easy practice that we can do to build mindfulness and spatial that spatial muscle um, in our lives? And so I'm going to recall it and you tell me if this is if I've got it accurate. So you were explaining how you your exercise is just look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself in the mirror, practicing the pausing. And I added to that, what if people who have a Zoom account, and you can download Zoom for free, so you don't have to pay anything, you open up a meeting, you hit the record button, so you're got, you don't have anyone else on that meeting except you, you do the same thing as in the mirror, you practice your speech, and then practice with the pausing, right? And then go back and watch it, and there's a whole other level of learning and ahas and realization now, people are often expecting to watch themselves on video and be horrified. And I don't know, tell me what you think your experience is. A lot of people will come away after watching themselves on video and be very pleasantly surprised because they realize, wow, I felt terrible and I looked and sounded coherent and intelligent. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So, yeah, so listeners, that's a tip for a a hybrid tip from Alan and I. So practice speaking to yourself, use the Zoom, record it, watch it. And when you're in the mirror, when you're watching yourself in the mirror, because you always have an audience. So the number one fear people have is the fear of public speaking. All right, we're not talking about public speaking. We're talking about speaking to yourself. So there's nobody else to judge you other than the voice inside your head. Make eye contact with yourself in the mirror. Just get your body relaxed. Just just notice feet flat on the floor. Relax. Take a breath. And then and then say just a few words like, good morning, Alan. How are you today? And see if you can hold your eyes. Good morning, Alan. How are you today? It's like five sounds. And then stop. And then pause. Take a breath. Get your body all the way down to stop. It's just like you're driving a boat. You're, you're, you're in the boat in the movies. They, they got all ahead full, reverse, all ahead, stop. You want to be able to come full, stop, and then you start. Uh, And just practice stopping. That's all you're doing when you're speaking because people get carried away by the thought. They're not able to stop in the mid-sentence of the thought because the thought has has seduced them, has taken them away versus I'm in control of my thoughts. I'm in control of my speaking. And, and the purpose of getting control of your speaking, it gives you access to getting control of the thinking mind that created the thought that you're speaking. And what, what's the benefit of that? Well, if you can get control of the thought that the thinking mind is thinking, then there's a space between the awareness of the thought that the thinking mind is speaking and, <laughs> and, your, and the thinking. And, 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 with the, and, with, and with that empty space, you're transformed. You've achieved the state of mukti, which is what India talks about is, is, is enlightenment or liberation, which is pretty cool with public speaking. And I know that. Okay, so okay. That's okay. Let me see if I can hypersimplify it and, I, and see if I hopefully haven't missed too much. Practicing pausing will lead to pause, insight and freedom. Very good. See, that was creation. You slowed down. You created gaps between your speaking, gave you a chance to dive into your database, look at how you want to formulate the thought. It wasn't done, it was done slowly, and it came out elegantly. 
It wasn't memorized. It wasn't like a piece of paper in front of you. Nope. You created it out of nothing. Right. Nothing was the empty spaces between the thoughts that you just speak. But no one does that. Right. No, I'm not. I'm generalizing, of course. Sure. Yeah. The, the thousands of people that I've seen in the last 40 years or in 50 different countries, no one does it. Right. Unless they become trained. And then right. they realized, oh, I actually have access to another dimension of consciousness that allows me to formulate and think about what I want to say. It allows me to keep my physical body relaxed. It allows me to manage my fuel. Fuel is the, is the air that, that the instrument is breathing. And people don't think about that because mm -hmm. breathing is automatic. Well, it turns out that if you don't think about breathing, you only take a shallow breath from the top part of your lungs, 20% lung capacity. Think about breathing. You tell, the, you tell your body, I want to take a belly breath, a full breath. And you push the belly out, and now, not, now you get 70, 75% more fuel in your body now, but you can only take a breath when there's a space between the two sounds. If you take your fingers together, remember, take your finger, your index okay. fingers together, and you try to breathe through the two index fingers, you can't breathe. You can't suck in the I air have, because there's no right. space. But you move your fingers apart, plenty of space. Got so it. a professional speaker creates the empty pause, allows them to fuel up the tank. So they're operating with 100% fuel, whereas the competitor, the people you're competing against, they're just shallow breathing. So they, they're, they're limiting the, the, the fuel intake and the power mm. to, to produce their, their thoughts. And that, that's a handicap. So some thoughts that are coming to me as you're speaking is also the obvious thing that when we take a deep breath, it physiologically relaxes us. You bet. As well as offering us more fresh fuel. The other thing I think about, I don't know if you remember my sister, Pat, who is the one who yes, developed the Predator. Brother, I remember them. Right. So Pat developed the Predator-Prey partner model. And um, she and her colleague, uh, Susan, had these great quotes. Pat says, powerful people take up time and space. Okay. So one of the ways we do that is through pausing. So not only is it having all these other impacts that you've been talking about, it also impacts the perception that we're giving other people, which is I'm confident and sure of myself and I don't have to fill it with lots of words. And then related to that, her colleague Susan says, and the less you say, the more intelligent you sound. <laughs> I agree. I find that when People, which most people seem to do a lot, talk fast. Yeah. And that means they're out of control of the thoughts that they're thinking. Yep. That means it's a totally reactive, automatic reaction to what's ever going on. Uh, they don't even have to think about it. They just, burp, burp, burp. They just um, immediately. But when you control your speaking, it turns out that you fall back into a space, a transcendental, a transcendent space of consciousness. The analogy there would be the thoughts that you are thinking are like the ripples on top of the ocean that most of the people spend their entire life in that world of thought. Mm. When you pause and relax your body, 
you drop down between the two sounds into the ocean of emptiness, which if you're the Buddhist folks, uh, it's, it's, the, it's emptiness, it's stillness, it's the unformed, it's the unmanifested, uh, it's the emptiness, it's space. Mm. Alan, I'm going to interrupt us here on that very rich thought, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Alan. You can connect with Alan, listeners. You can check out his website, acamindfulyou.com. Let me spell that. A-C-A-M-I-N-F-U-L-Y-O-U.com. You can also find Alan on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And when we come back from from the break, we're going to hear more about what great leaders have in common and more. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra, For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R. O-L-L coaching.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. My guest today is educational psychologist Alan Carroll. And we've been discussing about the power of the pause, of of the power of welcoming silence, being able to manage that and and better yet, uh, the gifts that that gives us. So, Alan, tell me more about how possible is it for me to manage my thoughts, my opinions, my emotions? How do I do that? A great question. Not hard. It's just not normal. It's not natural. Uh, I wouldn't worry focusing on managing thoughts that you think 
I would say it's easier to manage the thoughts that you speak. Any thought. Can I manage the thought? Can I, can I make the sound and then stop? Mm-hmm. Can I make the sound and then stop? Can I stop when I want to stop? Can I vary the spaces between the sounds that I speak? Um, and, in, and if you can do that, um, you wake up. You wake up to that empty space between the sounds that you that you speak, um, and that will give you power. There is a the book, the Power of the Now. I mentioned before. He starts yeah, out yeah. the very first sentence. He says, "There's this beggar on the street begging for for money," and the guy walks by, and and, and he's been this beggar's been there for a long, long time, sitting on this box. And the guy walks by, and the beggar says, "Can you give me some money?" And the guy says, "Well, I don't know." He says, "Well, what's in what's in the box?" And the beggar says, I don't know. I've just been sitting on the box for 20 years. He said, why don't you check what's in the box? And, they, and he checks what's in the box, and the box is full of gold. So here he is, all his life, begging for money. He's actually sitting on the gold. It's the same way with what we're doing here. We're mm-hmm. creating a disruptive technology. We're disrupting the automatic speaking that you don't even know is automatic. You, you, you'll know it's automatic when you start to put pauses between the speaking, because then you have to stop. Right. And that would be a shock. Uh, But when you begin to stop and disrupt the pattern of your speaking, it disrupts the pattern of your thinking. Um, And so if I can disrupt the pattern of my speaking, it begins to pull the bricks out of the the brick wall of of thought. And and if I can just pull one brick out of the wall, it creates a little hole, a little gap a little space that air can come back and forth and energy can come back. Then I stop again and I pull another brick out of the wall and I stop and I pull another brick. So as you begin to practice the pausing and your speaking, you dismantle the psychological, metaphysical, mental structures that are the background of the thought. And that, that frees you to be more relaxed. Less, you, you'll be less complaining, less upset, less annoying, more relaxed, uh, sailing easier is like skiing downhill versus carrying your skis uphill. So most people like to ski downhill. I do. Uh, I don't like to climb up the hill. Uh, so pausing is, makes public speaking a downhill skiing experience versus the tension and the, oh my God, what are they going to say? And that just tightens the body. And that's not, that's not, uh, it's not, it's not healthy. Alan, I remember when we were talking a while back, you were, you talked about, you had these like four guiding principles, I'd like to call them, that you apply when you're, you know, thinking you have a thought and you have this checklist, let's, we could also call it that, of asking yourself, is this kind, is this true, to walk me through that thinking process, how that works. Sure. We have a greenhouse. The greenhouse is full of plants, beautiful plants. And in one greenhouse, you're going to play uh, Beethoven, Mozart, tranquil, beautiful music. And in the other greenhouse, you're going to play hard rock, uh, heavy metal, boom, ba ba boom, boom. And just watch what it does to the plants. And it turns out that the vibrations that are soft and melodious and Beethoven, the plants thrive. And the other one with a heavy beat, the plants die. All right. So when I speak, I'm like an instrument that's making a sound right now. 
I can make a sound like I can sing. I can make lots of different sounds with my voice. You don't even know. You really understand everything. You are a wonderful being of life. So in my speaking, I can make the plants grow or I can make the plants die. And it's my garden. So in my garden, do I want the flowers metaphysically to be growing or dying? No, I want them to grow. Right. So speaking is the power of creativity. I, I am creating my reality with my speaking. Okay. If I say, Amy, raise your right hand. Amy raises her right hand. Put your hand down again. Now I'll do it again. No, you didn't do it. See, you didn't hear what I had to say. I want you to raise your left hand this time. See, what happened was I used my word to create an action in the outer world. I had the thought of raise your left hand, didn't hear it. So your power of speaking is incredibly powerful. So if so, four categories. One is what I'm going to say, kind. Meaning, is it going to make the flowers grow? Right. Is it going to be, is it true? Is it true from my perspective? And I'm not trying to deceive you. Is it true? I really believe this to be true from my perspective. Right. Is it necessary? Is it absolutely necessary for me to say something right now? I've noticed for me, one of the things that I do less, I want to say something. I say, is it really necessary for me to, yeah. to throw my two cents? Yeah. So that, that's sort of like a check of the ego. Is that a way to say it? Uh, Right. The ego wants to assert its opinion about something right. or its position about something, especially if, if, the, if there's the opposite out there. Yeah. Because uh, that boy, if it's the opposite, then I really want to get in there because that yes. makes me feel, wow, who I am. That's my ego. Yeah. But that's not that space of stillness we're talking about. And the fourth one, which I like, uh, when you make the stand and when you speak, does it improve on the silence? Okay. Say that one again. Does it? Does it improve on the silence? Beautiful. The silence is golden. Silence is stillness. There's no agitation in silence. People are too overwhelmed with, with clutter. This is an Apple iPhone. People spend lots of time every day working in this world of, of watching all the content come at you every day, bombarded with content. Uh, your, your head is full of clutter. And so what we want to do with mindful speaking is do some spring cleaning here. Get rid of some of the clutter. Play with speaking slower in the mirror. Uh, start out like driving a car. We're just going to go first gear. Real, real slow. And so you can balance my physical tension in my body with my speaking, I'm balanced, my body's relaxed, and I'm, oh, I got a little tension. Relax, okay, now I'm, I'm still again. All right, what do I wanna say? Good, keep my, I'm, I'm always monitoring the tension in my body while I'm speaking, mm -hmm. and that creates the, the balance. And whoa, it makes public speaking a, 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 a joy, yes. because you've already earned the right to speak, and now you have an instrument yeah. that's under your control that can really yeah. wow the audience, and the audience appreciates professional mindful speaking. And so if I want to I want to go back and summarize for listeners on that last question about managing thoughts, opinions, emotions and that checklist of ask yourself is it kind? Is it true from my opinion? Um, is it necessary and does it improve on the silence? So I, I that for me is really um Four juicy questions to right. 
help me upgrade the way I show up in the world. So thank you for that. How you interact with the situation that you're facing in front of you, not from an ego point of view of needing to be right, but from a point of view of what can I do to release, what, what, can I re, what can I do to reduce the suffering this person is experiencing right now? Yeah. Because one of the issues that people have is that people take things personally. Um, and, and the ego gets easily offended. And to be able to hear what someone has to say and not take it personally because it comes out of their conditioning. However, their condition is the way they react to you. And most people aren't able to do that. And, and they, they take what people say personally. Like, wow, those glasses, Amy, I know, those are wonderful glasses. You see, see, people like take things personally if I say something that is agreeing with your ego of your being. I really like those glasses. Oh, well, thank you very much. Those glasses are horrible. What do you mean they're horrible? So you, it, it, either way, whether it is positive or negative, you do not want to take anything anyone right. says personally because uh, it comes out of their conditioned reality. And when you yeah. start playing like that, uh, all of a sudden love begins to appear and compassion mm. begins to appear and physically being more at ease, less stressful in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, longer, l- longer life, long live longer because uh, you're less tense. Uh, right. Better pool management. Right. Sleep better at night. Lower blood pressure. I mean, all these things are, are tension caused by the body, which are caused by the thoughts. I mean, you can control the thoughts. Your body is transformed. I, you don't believe it. I'm 122 years old, Amy. And people <laughs> say, Alan, you don't look more than 60. Well, it's because I meditate. It really makes it, I still have my teeth, too. I mean, it's, it works. Pausing works. That's a joke, by the way. I'm not 120. Just to, just to, just to 119. Right. So, Alan, I have a couple more questions I want to make sure we get through. So this next question, um, give me a laser-like response to this one. For listeners, how can, what's your recommendations to help them reduce nervousness when they're speaking to other people? One, have you earned the right to speak? If you've earned the right to speak, then, then you got that box checked. Uh, two is to practice listening. Uh, when people are speaking, it turns out that often people want to speak bef- before they listen to what the person has to say. So you want to increase your listening stat, which I'll, we can talk about a little bit later if you want. Sure. Uh, and to be able to uh, keep your body grounded when, when you're speaking. And, and, and most importantly is embrace the pause uh, because the pause is the lifeline uh, that allows you to stay above the water. Uh, and I use the analogy of holding on to a cannonball and, and jumping into the ocean and the cannonball will take you down. Yep. But when you pause, you let go of the cannonball and you pop yeah. to the surface. Uh, practice pausing and you can practice that in front of the mirror before you try to do it in front of humans. Beings. And I think that's a good idea. I think it's important for people to appreciate there's the learning curve that you're actually going to tell me if this is what your participants experience. My experience, my clients actually are more uncomfortable in the beginning when they're having to do the pause because they have so little control over it and because that silence feels so uncomfortable for people. And so they have to be prepared for that so they can do it in front of a mirror, so they can do it by themselves, they can go to the gym, the metaphorical gym of presenting, practice it enough, and then there's this tipping point that you've been describing. 
And once they get to the other side, then there's the freedom and the peace and the calm. Yes? Yeah, what comes to mind is that, that uh, freshman chemistry class we did in high school with the two beakers of clear water. You take the drop and you drop it into the clear water and all of a sudden the water turns pink. And how did it do that? You know, well, that's what happens with pausing. When you begin to practice pausing, it's a new behavior. Any new behavior, swinging a golf club, dancing, whatever new behavior you want is going to feel awkward at first. But that's just a sign that you are trying out new behavior. Right. I've, I've been doing it for a long time and it's natural now. It's natural to keep your, my body yeah. relaxed. And, and, and I'm not speaking at first gear right now. I'm speaking at fourth gear. I'm, I'm going faster now. But in the beginning, I had to slow it down because it's not natural. Right. Right. Do you have a sense of how long, like I have a formula for participants. I say to them, practice any given behavior three to five minutes a day in a low stress situation. And some of the skills will take a couple of weeks to get mastery over. Some will take a couple of months. What do you think for pausing? Any guidelines on how long? Uh, My my sense would be uh, five minutes a day, front of the mirror, Two minutes a day in front of the mirror, 30 days, that will be enough to reprogram the, 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 the automaticity of, of your speaking. And it's all a research project. All the things that, yeah. that I'm saying, that you're saying, it's all a research project. It's all cognitive. It has to be experienced. You really have to do it. And I, I can point to it. I can say, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, if you can do it, it will give you power of your speaking, but you have to practice relaxing your body, not being carried away by the thoughts. And the the difficulty with carrying away by your thoughts and making thoughts disappear and dissolving thoughts is that since you've identified yourself as the thought, to make a thought dissolve, to make a thought stop, to pause, means the thought that I was going to say, I'm not going to say that thought. So that thought has died. So mm-hmm. in a way, there's a suicidal feeling to the ego here. Yeah. Uh, the, the ego is dying if, if the ego can't speak. And what I love is, this, is the saying that Tolle, Eckhart Tolle talks about, is if death to the ego is not a problem. He actually says, find death before death finds you. So that <laughs> I means, love that. You know, find, find, being able to make the thoughts dissolve and discover that the thoughts are just an illusion. They're not even, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's. Uh, what's the word I want? You can't grab it. You, 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 it's, it's not intangible. It's, it's, it's impermanent. There you go. Impermanent. A while to get that one. It's impermanent. Uh, thoughts are impermanent, whereas the, whereas the, the stillness is not. The stillness mm-hmm. is mindless. Thoughts are, 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 are impermanent. So before I go on to the next question, I just had this thought for people, if they want to practice pausing incognito, um, really young babies are good to practice with because they just kind of stare at you and smile. So that's positive reinforcement. And so if you have a baby at home and you don't have a whole lot of time for practicing in the mirror, then, you know, use your baby. Uh, the other thought I was thinking is if you're, you know, you've got your cat or well, cats not so much. So you're taking your dog for a walk, put in your ear plugs, like you're having a conversation and then just practice talking and your dog will be there to listen to you as you know, and if you go for a walk, <laughs> So I would invite people to get creative and playful to bring uh, the joy into this exercise. So, you know, it doesn't have to be painful. All right. So, Alan, I want to ask you now, uh, what 
do great leaders have in common when they speak? And then I'm going to ask you one last question, then we're going to wrap it up. So keep the, give me a laser answer to this one. Uh, there's a... Uh, uh, Roger Ailes, uh, mm-hmm. he wrote the uh, You Are the Message. And he said that the people, the great, the great speakers are the ones who control the atmosphere. And he says the very first definition of control the atmosphere is that they control the time and the space they work in. And so when you watch a great speaker, you notice that they are operating on their time. They don't feel like they have to, no, I take my time to formulate my thought the way I want to formulate my thought. And I control the space, meaning that I can move my body anywhere I want to. It's my, it's like I am the host or the hostess. The guests are, the audience are the guests. I own the room. It's uh, the room belongs to me. And so I'm grounded and centered and I control the time. And that's what all these great speakers we talked about earlier are able to do. Beautiful. All right. So my last question for you is around becoming a better listener. This is something I'm a big fan of. And I'd like to hear from your perspective, uh, what people can practice to help them become better listeners. Well, what's great about our conversation, Amy, is that you actually demonstrate great listening. So all they have to do is they have to just watch what you do in the interaction with your guest. The guest says something to you, like I'm saying something, and you say, let me see if I understand that. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I don't have it quite right, let, let me know. It sounds as though you are saying da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And from my point of view, it's like, wow, someone's interested in me? Isn't that great? And so then I, then I begin to fall in love with you because no one else listens to me. Wife doesn't listen to me. Kids don't listen to me. Boss doesn't listen to me. But that nice Amy Carroll, I like her. And so being able to uh, recreate active listening, reflect listening, it's, a, it's, it's like here's a, here's, a, here's a mirror and you, you mirror back the best you can uh, what the person had to say. And at first, it's a little... It's a little uh, awkward, uh, but with practice, it becomes a number one skill that any, any professional person needs to master the ability to listen. And so you're a great example of reflective listening by repeating back to me what I'm saying and ask me, is that, is that what I'm saying? I say, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And you, there's now love. There's now embracing the person's point of view rather than judging the person. There's no judgment there. There's just mm-hmm. a desire to understand. Yeah. So, Alan, if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is I'm amazing. Uh, there you go. Right. It, automatic. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just a rock star is what you're saying. <laughs> I tell you, you're, you're a professional listener. You are, That's you're really cool. It's, it's, such, it's so reassuring to know that all this stuff that I've been coaching people on for all these years, that I'm taking my own medicine because sometimes I'm not always convinced I am. So, I am absolutely delighted to hear that. Your ego is absolutely delighted. My ego is so happy. That point of view. And so if you say something that you like, you go, it does. Oh, I am a horrible listener. (laughs) I'm not a horrible listener. No, but it's true. (laughs) So Alan, we're going to start to wrap up now. And as we do, I'm curious to know if, if, if with all the wisdom that you shared in our discussion today, is there one call for action 
that you would recommend, either something you've already mentioned or something you would add that you haven't had a chance to share? The, the quickest way to get centered and balanced and, and touching that transcendental space is through the breath. It's that the breathing is, is to catch yourself thinking about something and then stop, take the breath, feel your feet on the floor, and that will disconnect you from the thought that you were thinking. Just practice that. Just practice a minute, half a minute, 30 seconds, one time. Uh, and that will create a little gap. And, and that gap will grow and expand like a seed growing in stillness. And all of a sudden, you will flip um, into the ego identity to the being identity. And you've, made, you've crossed the bridge. You've made mm -hmm. it across the bridge from the ego to the being. Congratulations. Beautiful. So uh, for my call for action for listeners, I'm going to encourage you to connect with Alan. You can reach him on his website, acamindfulyou.com. And that's you with Y-O-U. Uh, he's got a workshop for professional speakers that's going to be virtual that's coming up in June. He's got other workshops on time management and effective sales through mindful listening, among a few others. You can also reach him on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So once again, acamindfulyou.com. My second call for action, listeners, is for, feel free to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes via email or social media. And I will read them out and discuss them on future shows and make suggestions. You can do that via my email, amy at carolcoaching.com. And as I said earlier, that's two R's and two L's. Now, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired next week. With the help of my communication compadre, T, I'm going to be sharing classic conflict tr triggers that people have. And these are examples that clients have submitted. And we're going to talk about also, even more importantly, how to cultivate compassion, building resilience, and successfully managing conflict, all while wearing your partner pants. Lastly, if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You can check that out on my website, carolcoaching.com, or reach me on any of my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching. Now, if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live, five minutes past the hour, for a short chat on today's show. And Alan, I want to say a big thank you for this rich and lovely conversation. Thank you, Amy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fun to share something that I love that, that I love to share. Wonderful. And thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good. <laughs>